KT, have you noticed that interest rates long-term are starting to go down little by little? Yeah, what are we going to do about it? I tell you what I think everybody should do about it. You should go to myalliant.com and take advantage of the one-year to 17-month certificate of deposit. They're currently paying 5.15% or 5.20% for amounts of $75,000 or more. Tell them one more time, KT, where they should go. Go to myalliant.com today. Now you know. February 3rd, 2022. Welcome to Ask KT and Susie. Anything? <laughs> it's usually Ask Susie and KT. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I want my voice to be back. It's if I talk better. low, does it? Is it back if I talk low? No. It just doesn't sound like me, does it? No, Susie, you just have to rest your voice and stop talking about all this crazy roller coaster stock market stuff. Mm -hmm. So anyway, can I tell you, today's an auspicious day and a lucky day because it's my daddy's birthday. I don't remember how old he would be if he was still with us. But February 3rd... How is that possible that you don't know how old your daddy would be? What year was he born? I don't know. 1928, maybe something like that. So anyway, I picked out, so daddy, happy birthday. We love you. We miss you so much. It's been so long. Daddy never met me. His name was Buddy. Yeah. But KT always says that if he met me, he would have loved me. Oh my God. He would be on the phone with her every day, everybody about stocks. He loved the stock market. He had no money, but boy, he loved it and he would read it. And if he, he had a little Microsoft share or two that would split and he would go crazy with joy. But in any event. So um, happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. Susie, I have a lineup today that is unbelievable. Unbelievable, she says. I have to thank you all in January. You're sending me great emails. I mean, I picked these because. They're sending them to me. Well, I picked these. <laughs> Just joking. Picked They're these, sending them to us. It's I picked true. these last night, so I had them ready for this morning, and I always have to read them over and over. I did not know the answer to any of them. Not a clue. <laughs> so, so I wait. Do you think that surprises me? No, don't be nice, Susie. But anyway, <laughs> let, let's start with the first one from Deb. Okay, are you ready, Susie? I have so many, I have to go through these. I'm still so has such many. a smile on my face because I love when she admits that she doesn't know. No, these were great questions and I'm clueless on every one of them. <laughs> All right. So this is from Deb. She said, hi, KT and Susie. I'm 67 years old. I'm looking to retire at 70. I currently have a 401k worth $700,000. That's That's a lot. 
What happens after I retire with my 401k? We party. Everyone we party. <laughs> That's true. We party. Everyone talks about contributing to the 401k, but then what happens to the funds after you retire is very vague. <laughs> Because we party. It is not clear if my employer will keep the money in the account or if it must be removed since I would no longer be contributing. Deb, here's what you need to know. We party. We party. (laughs) No, truthfully, with $700,000, you have a choice. You can most likely leave it with your ex-employer at that time. Or what many people choose to do is an IRA rollover with that money, usually to a discount brokerage firm like Charles Schwab, like TD Ameritrade, possibly Fidelity, whatever it may be. And then that money goes directly from your ex-employer to your new IRA rollover at one of those places or whichever place you choose. And then you get to invest it all over again. Most people do an IRA rollover so that you can have more to invest in than what your ex-employer most likely is offering you. Because probably all you can invest in is mutual funds, bond funds, things like that. When you do a rollover with it, you could do anything you want. You could buy individual bonds, probably certificates of deposits, individual stocks that pay high dividend yields, and so on and so forth. So that's what you will do. Can I ask a question? What if she's alone and she didn't take that, it's still with the ex-employer, she dies all of a sudden, and no one knows where that is, that she even had it. Well, KT, every single 401k or any employer-sponsored retirement plan has a beneficiary designation. Ah, uh, okay. Right? I forgot. Yeah, forgot so it will that. go to whoever she leaves it to. Mm-hmm. So you have to do that up front. And then they would party. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no no more fun. This is now from Rachel. Did she get to party party? No, but she probably is partying because she's only 38. You ready? Yeah. I'm a longtime listener. I've learned so much from you over the years. I'm now 38 years old and newly married. My current investments are eighty thousand. Do you have a prenup? Do you have a prenup? No. (laughs) My current investments are eighty thousand in the stock market, give or take during this tumultuous time. Can you say that word? Tumultuous time. Tumultuous. You sound like Colo. Go on. I know. And also about 80000 in my Roth IRA account. I also have a 403B through my employer. My husband and I have about 20000 in a shared savings account. So, Susie, my question is, we currently rent and we'd like to buy a home in the next few years if the real estate market improves. Where should we be putting our money towards saving for a house? It feels like a waste to put it in a traditional savings account. However, an I-series bond seems too long-term since we would need to wait five years to avoid a penalty. So it said, I read somewhere I should use my Roth IRA as a place to save for a home. Your thoughts? No, no, no. no. Your Roth IRA is money that you are putting there for when you retire. Don't 
use it for a home purchase. Now, here's the problem. I don't know, Rachel, if this $20,000 is all the money that you have to your name. Besides what you said, the 80000 in the stock market and 403B and your Roth. Because you need at least an eight-month to 12-month emergency fund. And somehow I have a feeling that $20,000 is not an eight-month or 12-month emergency fund for you. So what you need before you even buy a home, before you put 20% down or 10% down on a home, is you also need, in addition to that, an eight to 12-month emergency fund. So I'm assuming that this is all the money that you have outside of what you said your investments. Therefore, truthfully, you should absolutely put it in the Alliant Credit Union. So go to myalliant.com and number one, take advantage of the 0.55% interest rate they're currently giving. But if I were you, I would each put in like $8,800. I would open up two accounts, put in Eighty-eight or $8,900 all at once. So you're making the interest on that money all at once. Then send in $100 a month every month for the next 11 months. And then you will qualify for what? The $100 bonus. So that's a big deal. So you're going to be doing great, but that's how I would do it if I were you. And then they can have that flexibility if they need the money. Yeah, well, that's what an emergency account is for, KT. All right. Next question is from Rose. Dear Susie, I'm 60 years old. Wait, wait. Dear Susie, what happened to KT? All right. I'm getting there. There's the next one's KT and Susie. Dear Susie. But everybody noticed she picked one that just said Susie. That's good, KT. Well, this is a really short one is why I picked it. And I like like the what you asked, Rose. Dear Susie, I'm 60 years old, an elementary school teacher with some money in a 403B. This is a second career, so I won't get the full teacher retirement. I have five years left to work. I'm afraid I'll lose the money since I don't know what to do. Help me, please. What money? I guess in her 403B. Help me, please. All right, Rose, if you want me to help you, it's so hard to help you because I don't really know (laughs) what what you really have. But here is a general guideline for everybody in your situation. If you're five years away from retirement and you know you are absolutely going to have to retire, then I think what's important is that you really concentrate on any extra money that you have. You pay off or start to pay down more than normal the mortgage on your home. You're totally out of credit card debt. You own your car outright. All of those things are important where you reduce your monthly expenses down as much as you possibly can. Because when you have less in monthly expenses, you don't need as much coming in from your retirement account to generate income to do what? To pay for your expenses. That's number one. Number two, 
At 60 years of age, with only five years left to work, as you say here, Rose, I would make sure that you had money in your Roth 403B. Do not be putting money into a traditional 403B because I want you in a situation where in five years, if you need to take out a lump sum of money to maybe pay off a mortgage on a home or do something, that it is available to you tax-free at that time. If you're afraid to lose money, well, then it's a little hard because your money won't grow very much. But with five years left at this point in time, for at least the next year or two, I would be dollar cost averaging into the market like you do every month, then in two years or so to keep it safe and sound. Just depends. You have to find a place within your 403B account to keep it safe and sound. So probably that will be a short-term bond fund. But if you're really scared right now, I don't know. You know, you got to take action here and your choices are just keep dollar cost averaging into the overall markets and or money into a short-term bond fund. Now, KT, everybody listening is going, Susie just been telling us, don't put your money into bond funds. Don't do this. Don't do this. But you're better off in a short-term bond fund, so four years or under in maturities, than money in the stock market that's scaring you, especially if the market happens to really tank and anything can happen here. So I'd rather it be in a short-term bond fund than in a market that goes down 20, 30, or 40%. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you got to have Rose do something that makes her feel what, KT? Secure. Oh, you did it. I love that. All right. Okay. Next question is from a 50-year-old listener who doesn't necessarily wish to be identified, but it said, hey, Susie and KT. I have about 89,000 in mutual funds and 27,000 in stock. From the end of December 21 to mid-January 22, this is sad, Susie, I lost approximately $11,000 from the mutual funds. Now, why do you say that's sad, KT? Well, because, and no one wants to lose money, but that's a big chunk of her 89,000. Yes, but no, she has more than 89,000, right? She has 116,000, mm-hmm. right? So the markets, a lot of them are down like 10% Wait, or but more. but listen to this. Here's what's sad. You ready for right, this? But I just want you to know her loss, if it's a her even. We but, don't know if it's a man or a woman. Or a non-binary. We don't know, all right, anything, because you have to, you know, allow for that, KT. So, but it's... loss on $116,000 is not unusual right now, just so you know. Okay, but this part is the part that's really sad. All right. You ready? The account is being managed by a local firm, but I'm not really happy with it. My broker doesn't call or reach out to me about adjusting or making changes to my portfolio. I have to contact him. I'm thinking about managing this on my own. What would be the process? Can I transfer all of my mutual funds into the Vanguard total stock 
and keep my stock since I like the way they have performed. So uh, that's the part that's sad. So yes, absolutely, you should change. Because if you don't feel good with the relationship that you have with your broker, uh, that's not what this is all about. So therefore, yes, you can transfer. However, you listen to me now. I don't want you to go from $89,000 in mutual funds all at once right now into the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. We don't know where these markets are going and what's going to happen. So if you want to take like $10,000 a month and over the next nine months put $10,000 in every single month or $8,000 in whatever it is and dollar cost average into the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, I don't have a problem with that. However, you might, but you don't tell me your age or no, anything. 50, 50, oh, you're 50. 50. At 50, you also might want to go into like the Standard & Poor's dividend portfolio or something like that, you know, or the the aristocrat, the NOBLs is the symbol ETF. So it's so something that pays you a dividend. Also, there is absolutely nothing wrong. Since you like the stocks that you have, maybe you want to take this money and little by little buy slices of stock that makes sense to you. There are so many great stocks out there that have been hit that also are paying four or five or six percent dividends. And you might want to think about doing that. But the biggest advice that Susie's giving you, our 50-year-old listener, is that you can do You it. absolutely can do it, little by little. But just know, even if you had been doing it, you would have taken a hit no matter what, because there was no place to run or hide in this last down cycle. And we've been going up, and maybe we'll go down, and we'll see what happens. It's not over yet. So we'll just have to see. But you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> oh, that's my saying. I know Susie always says to me, I can do it. Well, lately, because whether it's taking a walk or doing something. Or playing pickleball. Or trying to play pickleball. <laughs> Katie says, do you think you can take a walk today? And what do I say? I can do it. I can do it. She says, I can do it. I can do it, Katie. All right. Next one's from Katie. And this is, hi, Susie and Katie. It's your favorite topic. Can you guess? Rath, 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 rath. <laughs> In 2021, my husband and I made more than allowed for a Roth IRA contribution. We filed our taxes married filing jointly. We contributed all year to a Roth IRA in 2021, and we invested that into an ETF. Because we made more than the limit, we will have to withdraw our contributions by the time we file our taxes. What happens to the investment proceeds? I'm assuming we need to withdraw that amount as well. Do we owe a penalty for that amount? You won't. I have. I don't have a clue. That's why I said not I picked a these. clue. I picked these questions because I'm wondering. I don't know, Katie. I better ask Susie. <laughs> oh, you know what that makes me want to do? What for Sunday? What it makes me want to have an entire quizzy from me to you and everybody on Roth IRAs and things that I bet. 90% of the people out there don't have a clue about when it comes to Roth. Do I have to do homework now? To no, you just them? have to be who you are. Meaning 
<laughs> That's going to be an easy podcast for me. Here, here's how how KT does it. I don't know. I don't know how am I supposed to know that. What a back door, a front door, a no, side door. No, but no, the, no. I won't even ask about back doors or side doors right. or anything. All right, <laughs> but anyway, I think I may do that. All right, Katie, let's do it. Katie, here's what you need to know. As long as you take the money out before you file taxes, you won't owe a penalty or anything like that. Now, you wrote this to us, I'm looking at it, on January 29th. It is very probable that any earnings that you made last year or growth on the money that you contributed probably is gone. So I wouldn't worry about that if I were you. But if you happen to be one of the lucky ones who invested in such a way and you're not down, you have to take out what you originally deposited and any growth on that money. Just that simple. All right. So Susie, next question is from Lawrence. Hi, Susie and KT. I started listening to Women and Money a few months ago and learned a lot already. I'm now ready to transfer some of my emergency fund to the Alliant Credit Union. Mm. The amount is $24,000. Would it be a good idea to transfer this amount at once? If so, would I lose the possible $100 bonus at the end of the year? Yeah, you would. Would dollar cost averaging be a better method, say $2,000 a month? Please advise. Let's just tell them how to do it, how to get that $100, Susie. KT, how would you answer that question? I would put a big lump sum, just like you did earlier. Oh, she listened no, to I me. No, I did listen. Get she that high interest rate. By, if you have 24000 Lawrence, put in 20000 transfer it at once, and get that big interest rate, and then... All you need is a minimum of $100 a month. Yeah. So truthfully, what you want to do, Lawrence, is put in $22,900, right? Put that in as your original deposit. And you have to do that within 30 days of opening the account at myalliant.com. And then just keep that $1,100 extra dollars. So that $100 a month you send in every month, and then you get that interest rate of 0.55% on the majority of your money starting right away. And then you also get that $100 bonus at the end of 12 consecutive months. So just like I told the original yeah. person who asked kind of that, well, they didn't ask that question. I just suggested it to them, but that's how you would do it. Good, KT, you listened I to me. I did listen. I was thinking that's great advice. Okay, next question is from Julia. Hi, Susie and KT. I'm 30 years old. I live in New York. I have no debt. I contribute to my 401k. I have a Roth IRA, and I have 12 months of an emergency savings. Good for her. Hopefully I you also, have a Roth 401k. Oh, I don't know. I, she didn't say that. She said, I also opened a savings account through Alliant. Thanks for that tip. Yeah. There you go. My parents and brother live in a small town in the Midwest. My parents are oh, in their upper... Wait, wait. Before you even go on, your face turned really sad. It's because I remember this question, but... You look sad I now. Am. You were so happy. We sat down. You were happy. Well, let I me made finish. you a great cup of coffee, and now she looks Cause, sad. Because I want you to help Julia think about Julia, to be honest. My parents and brother live in a small town in the Midwest. My parents are in their upper 60s. 
My brother is 35 with severe special needs, mental and physical. My dad is 68 and wants to retire. But with the stock market and additional care for my brother, my parents are feeling very uncertain about the future. I want them to retire. I've offered to help pay bills, etc., but they don't want that from me. My question is, if my brother outlives my parents, I will be his caregiver. Now my KT's crime. I'd probably have to move home. I want I can't do this. All right, let finish me finish it for it. it. All this right. This just makes me sad for Julia, Susie. So dad wants to retire. Dad is two years away, by the way, from owning her, his home outright, just so you know. My question is, if my brother outlives my parents, I will be his caregiver. I probably have to move home. I want to make sure I am doing everything I can to have the financial means to care for him. Most people my age have a partner or kids. I don't want kids, and we shall see if a partner ever happens. But most people don't have the circumstance of caring for a loved one with special needs. Hey, KT, here's the great part. And I truly love my brother. I do anything That's for him. That's the part that makes me cry because Julia's only 30 years old. Yeah. And she's so selfless, and she's loving up her little brother. Makes me sad. So here's big, big brother, right? He's older than her. So here's the thing that's really, really important. Her big brother, because he's 35. You have to sit down with your parents. And if your brother has severe special needs, mental and physical, chances are he is on SSI, Social Security Income for Disabilities and all kinds of things like that so that he is getting a monthly income. When your parents die, and it's going to be a when, it's not if, when they die, they have a house, they have some money saved, they have some of that, they cannot leave it to your brother, because if he inherits money like that, he's going to be kicked off SSI. So it's really important, especially if maybe you have to move into the house that they're currently living in or whatever, is that they have a living revocable trust set up so that everything is left to you. So nothing is left to to the brother. Or you have to have a special needs trust set up so that the money is there but it doesn't kick your brother off SSI. So you need to see somebody to talk about this and how you should set that up for them and with them. That's what you're going to have to do. And we'll just see really how long your brother lives. You know, I had a little niece by the name of Jolene Mm. in this exact same situation and she never really talked. She was severely autistic. She called you sunshine. She called me sunshine, sunshine, Susie. It was the only thing she really could say. And my aunt and uncle, my uncle died, right, pretty young. My aunt lived, my mother's sister lived to her 90s. And our biggest fear was that my aunt would die and Jolene would be in the house. And then what would she do with my her mom dead? 
I mean, it's a fact of life. You have to think about everybody. So Jolene was put into a home that she had wonderful care at, and it was very difficult for my aunt to do that. And sure enough, while Jolene was in the home, my aunt did die. So thank God we did that. But Jolene also, when she was in her 50s, had a heart attack and she also died. Mm. And it was always a concern because my cousin Beverly, what would Beverly, her Jolene's sister, was always like, what would Beverly really do? Mm-hmm. Because it's a tremendous thing to think about that probably as your brother gets older, that is something that you're both going to have to face the reality of. And that's probably what you're going to have to do. And that's it. But in the meantime, because you never know what can happen to your parents and when, you have to talk to them, especially about setting up either a special needs trust or making sure that they leave nothing to your brother and everything gets left to you to take care of your brother. And then you set up a special needs trust so that if something happens to you, your brother then is taken care of and you have to name somebody else as the trustee. I just thought it was so sweet that she's only 30 and thinking so much about helping her big brother. Yeah, but I got news for you, Julia. If that is what you end up having to do, it'll probably be one of the greatest things you've ever done in your life. Yeah, she wants to. Just so you know. Mm. You know, obviously you may miss out on certain things. Maybe you have to move from where you live and things like that. But in the long run, it'll be the greatest thing you have ever done in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question is from Jill. And this one is on a lighter note. Hi, Susie. Hope you're doing well and loving your new haircut. KT, do you like it's a little short, right? A little too short for me. I like when your hair is really long in the front. I just chopped it all off, everybody. Cut her I hair cut, super I, short. I couldn't take it anymore, and I just cut it all off. All right. It says, toward the end of Thursday's episode on January 27th, you suggested staying put in short-term bond funds not pull Uh out to invest in something like VTI. Oh, here's a duplicate question. All right, yeah. Right. Was that suggestion revolved around that specific move? I asked because I would be surprised if you didn't think it was a good time to invest in an index fund while the prices are down. So So I... This is from Jill. She said, thanks, Susie. So Jill, I'm not sure I love my nude haircut. But it's okay, it will grow. You want to know what I do love, Jill? I love that I had the courage to just say, cut it all off. (laughs) Cut it all off. Because really, my hair is really a big part of who I am. People love my hair. And I was like, it's just too much. Too much. So cut it all off. And I love that I was able to do that. And I'm happy. I don't care. Do I love it? Not exactly. All right. Anyway, yes, it was specific for that question. Because here's the thing. Some people, Jill, need to have their money safe and sound. And if they don't have the ability to put it in a savings account or a money market account, they're in a 401k or a 403b, and their only option happens to be a short-term bond fund, okay, because that short-term bond fund won't be hurt that much, if at all. So again, It just depends on the situation and how old you are and how much time you have on your side. If you're younger, you have 
10, 20, 30 years till you you need money, then no, I wouldn't be having money in a short-term bond fund, but I wouldn't be putting all of it into any index fund or anything right now in a lump sum. I would be dollar cost averaging in it, or I would be bottom feeding on stocks that are selling at low multiples, have, you know, produce something, they make a product, they have good earnings, they have a lot of cash, and they're they're worth it. And there are so many companies out there like that. You know, I just have to say something to everybody here, and you're all going to think, what did she just say? I love Jim Cramer. You don't have to love Jim Cramer, but I love Jim Cramer of Mad Money on CNBC. And Jim Cramer has an investment club right now that's like two or $300 a year. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of what he talks about in the investment club, he just talks about on Mad Money or other things. But if you're really looking for some guidance at an affordable price, really, that buy this, sell this, do that, do this, it's something for you to consider. Now, does Jim make mistakes? Absolutely. But it's also something for you to just think about as a guidance. Am I making any money by recommending it? No. But I can tell you one thing, I listen to what Jim says. He's one of the people that I, you know, want to get information from. I listen to the people on CNBC, especially the traders on Fast Money and things like that, because all of those things that I hear help me. I subscribe to the Motley Fools newsletters and see what they're saying. But those newsletters are expensive and a lot of people can't afford them. So sometimes you need an alternative, but those are all things, many newsletters I subscribe to, so I can take all that information and make decisions. But I happen to like Jim a lot. I do. Well, we know Jim for years. For years and years. So it might be something, you know, that you just tune into and listen to and see what you think. All right. He talks really fast, everybody. Real fast. So you have to listen carefully. But he really does care about you and cares about him making money for you. If it doesn't work out, okay, sorry about that. But really, he owns it when he makes a mistake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So next one is from... The last one for KT. Oh, I have so many questions. Okay, this last question is from Sheila. Hi, Susie. Thank you for the great information and CDs that I purchased with your ultimate retirement guide. My husband and I retired nearly two years ago and are getting our documents in order for when they may be needed. That's a must-have document. Yes, fabulous. I have a question regarding the revocable and irrevocable trust. You talk about the revocable trust and give some forms for them. I don't see where you talk about irrevocable trust, if at all. Would you recommend the irrevocable trust to people who might have difficulty affording long-term care insurance and want to protect their assets from the cost of assisted living or nursing homes? There you go. No, no, no. And the reason for that, and you don't hear me talk about irrevocable trusts, is an irrevocable trust Once you put money into an irrevocable trust, you cannot change it. You cannot, you don't have ownership 
of it anymore. It is totally irrevocable. And you do it to get money out of your estate so it can grow out of your name in case you have a huge estate so that it doesn't have to be included in your estate when you die for estate tax purposes. So for the majority of you, no, I would not be doing an irrevocable trust. I would be doing a revocable trust, which is what the must-have documents are all about, because revocable, you can change your mind anytime you want. Now, with that said, I just have to say something about this, and it's so good, KT, because I totally forgot about this. This is the month of February. Oh, February. And Valentine's spread the love, Susie. Spread the love. Spread so here's the, love. the scoop. The must-have documents that I've been telling all of you, you must have, have been offered on this podcast for $69, $2,500 worth, really everybody, a state-of-the-art documents for $69. If you just simply went to suzyorman.com slash offer, that is where you can get them for $69. But not for long. But not for long anymore. The price, for many reasons, is going up. If you go to my website, you will see, you know, suzyorman.com, they're for $199. If there are other offers out there, it's for $99. So for this month only, for February of 2022, I asked our partner who creates this with us to, can they just extend the offer to podcast listeners for one month before they raise the price? So if this is something that you have been wanting to do. No, they must do. And you've been looking to purchase it or whatever. And must do. Now is the time to do so. So again, you would go to S-U-Z-E. Orman, O-R-M-A-N dot com slash offer. And that is how you can get them for $69. All right. So I just have to say that because that's going to be going away. They they really need to have a must-have document. And if you get one, share it with your family. Yeah. Remember what's great about this is give it's it not just for you. It comes with an activation code and you can give it to as many people really up to nine, I think. You can give it up to nine people, give them the activation code, and then they create their own passcode and then they got it. So it's something that all Share of you really should get. All right, KT, quizzy time. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to get all these quizzies on Sunday, right? We'll see. Just Roth, Roth, all Roth right. quizzies. You got to tune in to hear this one. All right, so <laughs> hi, KT and Susie. All right. So, love the podcast. A quick question on Series I bonds. I invested $10,000 in Series I bonds with the 7.12% interest in November of 2021, following Susie's advice. It's been three months, but every time I look at my Treasury Direct account, it shows my balance of exactly $10,000. I thought the interest is compounded. I'm laughing because you should see Katie's face. 
That's not nice, Susie. Keep reading the quizzy. All right. Which is? I'm wondering, where is that interest? Right. I thought the interest is compounded monthly. Shouldn't the interest get added to my account every month? So think about that, everybody. Think about what she said. I thought the interest is compounded monthly, so shouldn't the interest get added to my account every month? Yes or no, KT? Well, (laughs) if she already opened it in November and she doesn't see interest, I'd say no. I'd say that there's no interest in there yet. You have to wait. Wait till what? Well, isn't there like a period of one year that you have to keep it in, then you get it? Not exactly. Well, what do you mean not exactly? All right. She has to wait for a year. Then you get that. All right, so wait. How come it's not in there? She can't find it. (laughs) I don't know. She probably doesn't know where to look for it. Here's why, everybody. The interest on a series I bond is not compounded monthly. It is compounded semi-annually. Okay, so I said a year was I was half wrong, half right. right. (laughs) Which means that twice a year, the interest that the bonds earned in the previous six months is added to the bond principal value so that the second six months is applied on that. So her original money plus the interest. So. You will see your interest when you go to look for it after four months. Now, wait, what did I just say? I said four months. So you may be wondering, why don't they post interest till the fourth month after you have purchased your I-bomb? And the reason is this. Even though interest is usually posted every single month, There is, remember, a three-month interest penalty for bonds redeemed within the first five years. Now, you can't redeem a Series I bond the first year at all, but years two through five, if you do redeem it, there's a three-month interest penalty. So, interest on your I bond will not begin to be applied to that bond until the first day of the fourth month following the issue month. Again, they're just doing that so that you understand that if you redeem within those five years, that interest is not yours. So that is how they do it. Just that simple. Kind of got it right, but not really. But I'll give it to you, sweetheart. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Want me to ding, ding, ding you? Come on, do you? Ding, 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 ding. All right. So we're signing off because we went long, but hopefully that's all right. And what do we want to say? Sunday. Roth IRA quizzy day. Am I really in it? Yeah, you're really in it. All right. Because it's a quizzy that I think everybody needs to know the answers to. And I have a feeling people don't have really a clue to not just a Roth IRA, but the five-year rule and all these things that I think people would be surprised to learn. Let's do it. All right, everybody. So until Sunday.
where Ms. Travis will be joining me again. There's really only one thing that we want for you. And that is for you to do what, KT? Be Be safe, safe, strong, and secure. secure. All right. See you Sunday. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.